0: The number one financial destination, YahooFinance.com.
1: Oh, I,
0: I miss you.
2: What's good, internet? It's Austin Walker. It's October tenth, twenty sixteen. It's it's me still in the bunker, but this mic setup is is so much better than what it was this time last week. Joining me, as always, Patrick Klepek. It's almost this the, t- tonight. Today was nearly a disaster. Yeah. Well, clocks are weird. Yeah.
1: When yeah, clocks are weird uh, in your head when you've done something at ten a.m. and then you do it at eight a.m. Let's say it comes as a surprise.
2: Especially because, like, it's happening at 8 a.m. for you. In my head, that's like you're always an hour back, but now you're an additional two hours back. But, like, it's very easy to mix up time zones. Time zones are weird.
1: I don't like them. I think we should rethink the whole thing.
2: Well, yeah, we'll go back to just no time zones. You know the history of time zones with trains and stuff? Uh, no. So, like, time zones partially are about farming, my understanding is, because, like, when the sun hits places, the, it's different, obviously.
1: I mean, I know that was definitely about, you know, like, daylight savings time. Right. right is rooted in farming, and, and actually, if I remember correctly, most, like, farmers don't even use it anymore, and so we're all just forced to suffer through this ancient thing that we've just gotten used to. Right.
2: But the other thing is that, is that, trains would arrive in a city and they needed all of those cities to be on the same time. Previous to that, it was just local time. So it was like oh yeah, it's noon. The sundial says it's noon here. And the sundial in, like, you know, eastern Ohio would say it's noon at a different time than the sundial in western Ohio would. But the trains needed it to be the same. So, it was like, oh, guess what? All of Ohio, you're on the same time now. Everyone here, it's noon now. Get rid of the sundial. Get rid of however else you're, you're figuring out what time it is. Um, so, it's all it's all logistics, man. Like, that stuff is... I guess that, that's reasonable. I'll, I'll allow it. Yeah. I'll allow it. So, how you been? You've been on the west coast. Oh, uh,
1: yeah. I'm out here for uh, a wedding. Um... Uh, my wife's brother's wedding. We were both standing in, you know, flying across the country with a six-week-old. Not my idea of fun. Uh, but fortunately, our, our daughter was our daughter was the least of our problems this weekend. She actually was fantastic. She, uh, she, you, just, you just pump her full of food, and they go to sleep. Uh, if anything, we were asking for <laughs> advice from people. Uh, their thoughts were, well, you're going to be miserable in a year. In a year, when they can talk, when they can walk, that's, that's, that, that's your real problem. Being on a flight where you just pump them full of enough juice... And then they just pass out <laughs> is actually a very easy thing uh, to deal with. But we actually had a woman who was uh, uh, two seats uh, in front of us. She got up and was like, "Oh, there was a baby on this flight." It's like, see, that's the response I want. That means we did our job,
2: uh, right? It's a surprise. It was a gift. Yeah. It it's like a, a gift in in retrospect to her. Like, oh wow, I had a way better flight than I thought I had because it could have been way worse.
1: Yeah, yeah, but yeah, it's just you know it, when you're involved in a wedding, um, it's there's just a lot of things that. You know, you have to do so between somehow managing uh, a young kid and uh, trying to do all the responsibilities for a wedding. Uh, it has been it has been interesting uh, a couple of days, but we've had a good time. We're at the tail end of it. We'll uh, you know have a day to kind of. Hang out in uh, San Francisco and, and relax before we get back to the grind.
2: I also had like a pretty good weekend. Like this is the first time that I've been able to take some time off. I still worked for for much of the weekend, but I was able to be like, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna play some some video games this weekend, and that felt good. Awesome. That's still working. Well, okay. Well, <laughs> you're only saying that because because now I have to comment critically on everything I
1: played. See, I mean that's one of the things that when I look back on my life, if yeah. I technically have to consider playing video games working, it creates like this really dark image of of how I've spent most of my time.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, like all of a sudden every moment of, of your life. Up. Well, especially because like we also exist in this part of the world or this part of of like our careers are also just generally built on our takes on pop culture. Yep. So like even if I was like, oh, I'm going to watch I'm going to watch Luke Cage. Like, I know an article would start forming in my head as soon as I started as soon as I started uh, watching it or I'd want to talk about it here with you or I'd want to have, you know, talk about it on Twitter where what I'm doing is building my brand. Like, welcome to the Internet where you're (laughs) constantly working all of the time, no matter what you're doing. Huh. is
1: luke cage good We we only I, we only we're we're have not seen the end of Daredevil season even two and we're trying to wonder if we should just skip it
2: i have not i did not start luke Cage. i haven't had time to start luke cage i had to work by playing video games oh okay all right well we'll leave that for the hot takes then exactly so but i will talk a little bit about about what i've been playing because last week obviously we had uh, harvey smith on if you missed that episode go back it was a great it was a great episode i was really thrilled to have harvey on um we talked dishonor 2 and horror and a bunch of other stuff uh but I also had played PSVR, and I didn't have time to talk about that because we had a special guest, and we don't have a ton of time today. So I do want to like get into my PSVR experience. So PSVR comes out this week, it comes out on Thursday the thirteenth, and uh, boy, that was a really interesting first experience, or it wasn't the first experience. My first experience with PSVR was playing Res Infinite back in Seattle during PAX, and that experience was fantastic. I've talked about that again and again, but. The experience playing stuff in my house was less, let's say, uh, a, a little, a little less, less comfortable.
1: Well, yeah, I mean, I, I think that's been the the common theme I've heard from a, a bunch of folks that I know with the the hardware is that, um, as both aesthetically pleasing and well designed as the actual headset mm-hmm. is, like I think Sony has made the best, most comfortable, uh, most cool looking uh, headset of the three, um, and they seem to have streamlined a lot of the process of. You know, putting it together. I mean, putting a Vive together and setting up um, room space mm-hmm. uh, in your apartment or home is it, it's a, it's a nightmare. Like it's it's difficult. It's finicky. When it works, it's beautiful. Uh, and, and and unlike and better than any of the other VR setups that are out there. But it is it's an hour. Uh, adventure, and that's if you're not drilling things into right. your wall, Jesus. so that you don't have to do things like put your cameras uh, up on bookshelves and other weird things, and hoping you get it at the right angle.
2: The payoff for all of that is that it works really well, right? Because like, Correct. so the the big thing for people who who maybe didn't see, say, the giant bomb stream, or didn't see me tweeting about it, the big thing that's happening for me in a lot of different PSVR games right now is there's this jitter. And that jitter is is it gets in the way in a couple of different ways. Like first and foremost, it just makes it hard to play some things because like I'm trying to reload this gun in PSVR Worlds, which is like the kind of weird mini game collection um, that includes like a, a getaway style, or I think it's actually in the getaway universe. The extended, of course, the extended getaway universe, <laughs> the London heist takes place the, in. The, um, <laughs> and uh, uh, like, oh, this gun is not is not reload. I can't load this clip in because my hand is just jittering all over the place with the move control. But it also has this other effect, which is that, you know, one of the big concerns with VR is this, like, notion of physical disassociation, that, like, the body is not where it's supposed to be. This is one of the things that we actually dug into in our documentary a couple of uh, weeks ago. Maybe we'll play a clip of it right here.
1: New levels of immersion with VR raise new levels of concern for users' physical and psychological conditions. Developers and consumers alike highlight warnings such as undiagnosed heart conditions, asthma, and sensitivity to adrenaline posing a very real risk. Professor and founder of video games research firm Superdata, Joost van Drinen, offered us his insight for the potential risks as well as positives for VR gaming on our minds and bodies. People are uh, essentially uh, guided by, their, by the impulses from their environment. And so there is this sense of danger attached to it and sort of opens people up, it sort of opens the pores of your emotional being saying, what's happening? It's like you, you know, you become very, very alert, your adrenaline starts pumping. But there is a lot going on in terms of how you feel inside that space. Things like, uh, you know, a dissociative experience where you lose a sense of where you are in space, where your body doesn't feel like it's yours anymore.
2: The thing that happens is that with all that jittering, the already tenuous relationship you have with your virtual body becomes stretched even thinner. And so something like this is was happening with me, especially in the Arkham VR game, um, the kind of Batman game was there's a moment where you descend into the Batcave and the combination of that and the lack of stillness very quickly made me super queasy. It's the only VR thing to have ever made me queasy. Or or in general, PSVR is the only thing to have ever made me queasy. Job Simulator, it, it happened with for me. A lot of first-person stuff with first-person controls and the Move Controller, like, because it's not perfectly stable or, or, you know, as near stable as the Oculus Rift and the Vive R, like, that shakiness was not good. Like, I had to lay down in front of a fan and drink water and, like, who like, my whole day is rough now. And, like, really bad headache, like, all this weird stuff. That's bizarre because I played the uh, Arkham VR, uh,
1: or at least, you know, a segment of it, uh, 83, Um clearly that was on, you know, test hardware, test kits, and so, uh, you know, there's there's always reason to think that stuff changes between uh, what you play six months before it's released and, and what it's released um, had none of those issues. Um, you know, I mean, uh, you know, you you certainly notice if you have a chance to use all of the VR headsets that um, PlayStation VR. While the build quality is great, it has like the lowest resolution. It is you know the most pixely uh, of of the three headsets. But often once you're already in the world, you don't notice that. You kind of only notice it when you're directly comparing the headsets or have had extensive experience. So I don't I don't consider it to be like a huge. Uh, detriment to the, the PSVR even if it's even if it's true but um, yeah I was in the Arkham VR thing for maybe 15 20 minutes and had had no issues uh, um, and I've played Job Simulator on the Vive that's certainly had uh, no issues. So that's that's worrying if you're having
2: that. That specific one is is an example for me. So like I have played a lot of that on the Vive. It was fine. I played it on on PSVR, not as fine. And again, part of it is usability, which is like I'm trying to reach to pick something up, and my hand just jitters off into the distance, which which is strange. Um, but also, it it can be, which is just like a camera tracking thing. And I've tried different light setups. I've, you know, people have, of course, seen that. And, and the response you get right away is like, you should have more light in the room. Or you should have way less light in the room. Like, trust me, I know. And like, you know, listen, you, you probably don't know. Like, I promise, I've tried more light, less light. I've tried different camera distances. And the PSVR isn't super good at telling you what it needs, necessarily. It well, is-
1: see, that's the thing for, for me is, it, it, let's say those things are true. Let's yes. say those people are are telling you the right thing, and somehow you thought you've had enough light, but you really don't, um, it should be built into the hardware to give you a sense of what you're doing wrong, and the Vive, uh, I have more experience with the Vive than, than the Oculus, and sort of setting it up in a personal environment. Uh, the Vive is pretty good about giving you response on, hey, you know, this camera is not seeing this camera, here's what you need to change, like, this thing isn't synced up. You have a, a sense of why things aren't working the way they should be, right. and you know, part of what was supposed to be appealing about the PlayStation VR is that because Sony is a hardware manufacturer, like, for decades, because they are used to creating consumer-facing equipment, as opposed to Oculus, who is just getting started with facebook who doesn't make hardware and uh while htc created the vive you're working with valve who is a company that does not really make hardware until recently uh you you were you would hope you would think that the the psvr's biggest advantage would be the fact that it was the most user-friendly and the most uh explanatory of how vr should be set up because in a lot of ways i feel like they're the tip of the spear for trying to get this in front of eyeballs uh, that uh, are are a mass audience. And if they have a poor first experience, that is going to be really difficult to get people to come back to. Uh, 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 And and so that's a little bit worrying if that's what you're having, because you're someone who shouldn't. We do this stuff for a living. You shouldn't have trouble setting up uh, a VR headset. If
2: my job was like setting strategy for a big box electronics retailer, I'd be pushing those like home installation uh, things, Real hard this year because it's you're gonna get people's money on this stuff. Like you're gonna, people are gonna be like, man, there's all these wires. Like even though PSVR is pretty easy to set up, like it took me about 20 minutes to set it up. There was still like a lot of wires and a lot of running wires in different directions. And the box has this weird thing where like the like there, so so the PSVR has a, an exterior box that plugs into the PlayStation uh, 4 like as an additional. I don't think it's a processing unit. I forget exactly what it does. Do you remember? Oh, what the actual the, that little box does. Yeah it's
1: it's uh, it's yeah computers New at some point yeah. it's it's you know it's it's something that i suspect will not be in the PlayStation VR2 presuming they they get that far right. um yeah so, it's some sort of processing unit that is is related to getting the signal out so um, that thing
2: has a thing where like there are, you have to plug in four th- or five different cords into that thing and two of them are on the two of them are on the back or three of them on the back two of them are on, are on the front but two of them on the back and two of them on the front line up in the same place and what you have to do is literally like like click, you have to move part of the box. The box slides in the middle. It's really weird. It's hard to even explain. And it felt like I was going to break something so so bad. It's fine. It worked. Um, And that's the thing is like, It does work. When it works, it's great. Like it is a a fairly affordable, like in the in in terms of a relative price, especially if you already have a PS4. Um, It's fairly affordable, and and when it works, it's super good. And and the thing that surprised me the most is actually the way I've enjoyed third person games in the PSVR, um, which is not a thing I thought. Like for for me, I'd been banging the first person VR drum for a long time. I'd, I'd seen a lot of the stuff that like is it Insomniac who's been putting out like VR game after VR game and a lot of them have been third person.
1: Yeah, they put out uh, sort of a Lovecraft uh third person action game for the Oculus. They put out uh they just put out a brawler right. um that I played at E3 and it was it was you know, it was simple, but it was it was it was enjoyable and part of uh what I think, you know, what you're saying and what is most natural when you think about VR and what a lot of developers have leaned into is that first person experience where you are directing the camera um um, Holy uh through you know moving your head around whereas what 's kind of interesting about third person is you 're still often the camera, but uh you can really take in the world in a different way when you have an avatar in front of you uh, and like I remember there's the you know lucky 's Tale was like the platformer yes. for oculus, which is it was just an okay platformer, but it was kind of amazing to you know send your character off in one direction and then I would be. Peeking around bridges and other things in the world, um, and it also what allows them to do in third person is is to put a little more. Uh Uh, authoritorial control over what you see in a way that they can't do um, in first person by the nature of how it's set up. So yes, you can still kind of peek around, but um, they can also fix the camera in ways that uh, drive your attention uh, that I think is sort of underrated given how much of the VR stuff has been directly first person so far.
2: Totally. I mean, uh, there was a game called wayward sky, which is a sort of like a point and click adventure or not. It's kind of a puzzler. It's, it's a lot of like, um, like oh you're you're so you're in this giant steampunk like floating city ship thing and you're kind of moving through the space and pulling levers and moving bridges in different directions and like navigating around enemies and stuff like that um, and it's just gorgeous it's like a really beautiful like oh, I I, I want to say like it's a DreamWorks style. Um, character designs more than pixar style which which i don't that's not that's 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 slightly dis, disconcerting well Austin. i mean it's not i don't mean that it's a diss i mean like <laughs> word, I, think it's, I think it's like a very professional level i think like another pass on like it doesn't have the, the pixar charm but like very few things do um i hear you but it's still really good it's really good and like the city is has this great scale and even though you're not always in you do occasionally go into first person mode to like pull a lever or like work with like a a hands-on puzzle instead of like the kind of like level design puzzles. Um, But it's gorgeous and it it really works. It lets them put the camera in these specific places that let you have like really beautiful views or like you said almost like allow there to be puzzle design with the view itself because as you move your head around the view does move. And so there's like oh there's a hidden there's a hidden collectible behind this weird crate and if I like stand on my tippy toes I can see it or if I like you know lean upwards or whatever. Um, Stuff like that's been really good. Thumper um, which I think we can talk about on psvr is that is that oh, well i mean i i can certainly talk about the
1: pc version which i feel like yes allows you to talk about the playstation vr version go for
2: it <laughs> talk to me about thumper which is dope
1: yeah Th- thumper is just you know i didn't play it in vr um uh, my understanding is that they're you know investigating uh ways to uh do uh vr uh for uh the the pc version um that uh uh, is coming out uh, i believe this week i think i might have just gotten an email that says it's coming out today i think that uh, that's true
2: i think we got an email that said it can't like out
1: literally today. right now it says, yeah okay so thumber is out today so <laughs> good so they moved it up a couple of days um but it's uh it's one one thing i should say is that even though it's getting written up in a lot of places as part of the playstation vr lineup it is a fantastic experience uh without vr uh it is it is totally competent and enjoyable what um, is it uh, tell, VR. Us, tell us what it is They describe it, I think, uh, having played it rather accurately, uh, as rhythm violence, uh, which is to say, if you've played uh, Harmonix's Frequency uh, or other rhythm games where you're sort of on a line and you are tapping buttons to a beat, um, you have a a general sense up front of what the sort of main gameplay of Thumper is. Uh, You are this silver beetle that is uh, flying across a single line, and you only have a couple of things you can do. You tap. Um, the X button uh, or if you're on a keyboard, uh, probably a space bar or something to uh, the beat of the music based on these little, uh, uh, icons that appear on the track um, you hold left or right in combination with um, the a button in order to slide into uh, these really hard turns um, you will hold the a button to crash through objects uh, and uh, hold forward and a to jump over objects but it's it's all very simple but it all happens you know very rhythmically to the music and what's what makes thumper unique is that you know when people think back to frequency or, or rather just music games in general I think with the, the broad exception of uh, the Beatles rock band you don't really think about the visuals um, it's often very
0: for comprehensive financial news and analysis visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination. Yahoofinance.com.
1: The, 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 the music is an aesthetic that is often, I guess, screensavers would often maybe be or visualizers, you know, like it would be the kind of the aesthetic that those go for, whereas Thumper uh, is. Takes uh, inspiration from Lovecraftian horror, from like '70s Italian horror cinema, like Suspiria, yeah, um, and creates a very uh, unnerving. Uh, disturbing, uh, creepy environments. Uh, it's not jump scares. It's more about tension. Um, it's more about keeping you on the edge of your seat, having your uh, your your the hairs on the back of your neck go up while you are playing a music game. And so uh, the 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 visuals, the the soundtrack, um, the feel of everything collides in a way that when they say rhythm violence, they, what they're trying to convey is sort of a an emotion that you feel as you play this game that is intense in a way that you often don't have playing this style of game and I I feel like it's conveyed within you know moments of playing it it is one of those games that I think you know you can watch a gameplay video and jack up the headphones and get a sense of it but it's really the tactile feeling of slamming the beetle um, uh, against the wall of jumping over things like it all works in concert in a way that uh it, I I'm sure you've played it in VR that is that is even more uh ridiculous uh in, in that sort of setup.
2: I feel like um I need you to play it in VR. There are moments in that game that totally, I'm sure, work on on a 2D screen, but there are things that happen with scale and distance that are really incredible in VR. Um, Where, like, so so even though it's a it's a rhythm game, there are bosses in this game, Um, which (laughs) is a strange thing where you have to kind of complete a sequence in a row uh, and then hit this like last hit that will then do damage to the boss. Um, And those come up over. You have to imagine this is like, what if the guitar band or or sorry, Guitar Hero or Rock? band track like was twisting off into the the infinite void where all of your sins were hiding uh and like it twists around such that there's a huge hill and then coming up over that hill in the distance is this just huge, monstrous being. Um, and it does that a couple of different ways and they can do that with like kind of a, almost like architectural shapes, like impossible architectural shapes, all sorts of, of stuff. A- and like it just towers over you in VR and then you have to also then execute on this in, like intense rhythm, this very difficult rhythm sequence. Um, it's, it is uh, a really powerful game like it 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 hits to play it um it feels almost like an inverted hotline miami in some senses right we're like in hotline miami like oh man i'm grooving to this rhythm i am the actor of violence here whereas here it's like i am barely hanging on by the skin of my teeth barely surviving and the music does wants me to be dead like the music has ill wishes for me
1: yeah the violence is being enacted upon you it's yes. like i think I, in, a, in a write-up i have uh going up on the site like i, I related to a jackhammer, and yes. and, and Uh, It just feels like there is a pulsing intensity and relentlessness to the game that... It, ne- it never stops like you you have these uh, I think nine different worlds and then there are sort of interconnected sub levels um, and as you pass in between them uh, it gives you grades and you know you can you know rewind to a checkpoint if you want to you know sort of ace the game and, and go for the leaderboard stuff which is fine and is incorporated you know as a replayability tool but I feel like the game is intense enough without actually worrying about what your score is um, but it just as you go from sub level to sub level it doesn't stop yeah. like you get the grade but you then immediately jettison into the next area because it's all interconnected and so you just get no chance to catch your breath unless you literally hit the pause button, which I found myself doing multiple times playing because I was having beads of sweat going down my face yeah. and I just needed a moment to re- to like gather myself before I w- went back into the game.
2: That's, yep, That's that adds up to my experience, except also I had a headset on, so it was just like I couldn't even, uh, I couldn't even like wipe the sweat off my brow because I had that that plastic just right up against it. It's it's a game that
1: uh, if you don't play it in VR, uh, you you should play it at night, sure. play it on the biggest screen possible, and uh, put on headphones or have a really, really good um, uh, sound system. But uh, uh, headphones make the experience personal in a way that regular speakers are just aren't capable of doing because, again, part of the appeal of the game, part of the intensity of the game is like the personal nature of how – the, uh, the 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 aesthetic uh, both uh, orally and visually kind of work together, and headphones are sort of the best way for the game to to convey that uh, most effectively.
2: Totally. So we only have about ten minutes left, unfortunately, and I still oh gosh really, okay all right really yeah need to talk about Mafia Three, uh, and I'm gonna I'm gonna do that by cherry picking from the bucket from the question bucket. Normally I don't like oh to, good I don't like look to do at it. combining segments. I know this I like is this it. we got to listen when when the time is limited. You gotta you gotta do stuff. So this comes in from Alex who asks or who. Says, not not Alex Navarro, different Alex uh, <laughs>
1: that we know that of. That we, uh, that we I, know I, of. So who
2: knows? I don't know. Mafia three and Watchdogs two are right around the corner. And Mafia three is out at this point. This obviously came in before Mafia three came out. Um, and, and both will have black protagonists, it's a bit of a rarity for our industry, seemingly setting them up to have the issue of racial identity as part of their campaign. Or will they? We've seen some lame attempts from big companies this year trying to evoke some kind of message by using a form of racial conflict as a tool, so I think now is the perfect time to reflect on that. Hangar 13, Mafia's developer, has said that discrimination will play a role in police AI, and demos of the game show that, that strangely, there's a usable voodoo doll item. There sure is. Meanwhile, <laughs> I see no evidence of a racial throughline in the gameplay or story of Watchdogs. just that you'll be running around doing cool stuff as a guy who happens to be black. Obviously, the time periods of these games play a major role here. But with that aside, I think that we have an interesting question. Which is the better approach to convey a meaningful message while selling many copies to get that message out and make back the money these big games need to show uh, need to show this risk is worth it for the publishers? The Mafia approach, which weaves race into the backbone uh, of the mechanics and story, but risks making blunders like the quote-unquote mechanical apartheid of Deus Ex or the crumbly Black Lives Matter call-outs in the Division's boss fight— Or alternatively, uh, there is what looks like the watchdogs approach, which will likely have fewer lows, but fewer highs by having what I hope is a cool protagonist who just happens to be black, which I guess passively says something. It's a really good question, Alex, because I think those are two different ways for a developer to tackle like if they're interested in 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 having a diverse representation and and to, to address questions of minority representation in general it's like hey do you just want to happen to have a cool character of an underrepresented uh, identity group or are you digging into that that stuff and and i mean like my gut check response is like do both like both of those things are, are valid and and if you're going to do the first one, like, really knock it out of the park. Like, really put resources into doing it. You you can't half-ass uh, any sort of attempt at representation. And that's not just about identity representation. That's about the representation of, of anything. Like, I think that if Mafia 3 poorly represented their pulp issues, it would also be a bad game. Or, they're, like, they're, they're uh, kind of like the revenge story. If it didn't develop the revenge story in an interesting way, that would also be bad. It's just especially bad with identity because... People, because you know it's not just oh yeah like you didn't do justice by this long-running genre you didn't do justice by people and people's lived experiences um and the thing is well that was what's so frustrating about the original
1: Watchdogs, because if it it, it chose to take place in a fictional city um they could have successfully you know they would have still been playing into uh some really awful stereotypes of um the african-american experience in uh parts of of urban areas of America but it's w- when they chose to set it in Chicago in which there is a uh, very tangible way for you to, to know about that lived-in experience and find some way of representing that uh, in the city you've built. Um, and they totally failed to do that. They they, right. they completely missed uh, the mark, and it was made all the more egregious by the fact that they called it Chicago. Right. And then they chose to stereotype and and actually grossly misrepresent uh, uh, Lars Wasse of the city, um, and calling it Chicago and not doing the work uh, was really frustrating if it was, you know— New Jack City, or whatever right, they wanted to right. call it, like it would. If there have been, wasn't literally
2: uh, a stand-in for the Cabrini Green uh, housing exactly, context, right? Like, right, exactly. Yeah. So, like the thing, so far, obviously, now I'm, I'm about, I'd probably say fifteen or so hours into Mafia, three, maybe okay. more than that. I, I, I think they're hitting it. I really do. And I, I I think there are some problems with that game. I think that it's, it is probably bulkier than it needs to be. I think there could probably be half the missions there are, and it would be a better game. Um, The problem of an open world. Yep. Seriously. Well, the thing is the, the the problem is that a lot of those are necessary things to do in order to advance the plot. And the plot bits are all really good so far. Like I think the characterization is fantastic. I really think that it's a, I think that the character designs are all really good. Um, There is like a really cool mix of characters across a racial spectrum and a I I I think across a sexuality spectrum. Also, Um, Hmm. uh, there's a character who's who's who is like very clearly dealing with issues of sexuality, and she she doesn't feel comfortable talking about it yet. and doesn't have the language for it because the language hasn't been popularized yet, which is really interesting. Yeah. And in terms of the issues of blackness, like it's, and I'm going to try to write about this this week. If I can square away a few hours, like I really just need to take a day off so I can go right. (laughs) Um, I, I've never played a game that under that, that tries to tackle the notion of visibility, the visibility of being black in America. Um, It does this in a bunch of different ways. And again, I really want to tackle this in a written piece because I think it's complicated. But specifically, like, there's, you know how in stealth games there's a meter on screen that's like, oh, hey, you're being watched right now or you're about to be seen. The sort of, like, Far Cry model of, like, it's around the periphery of your character and it fills in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it has that. It also has that for police. Um, And not like like you're going to get arrested if it fills. It's just, oh, you're being watched right now. Like, heads up. Like the the things that you normally do, the things that other characters do that wouldn't get them in trouble. If a, you know, if another car goes speeding by, the police don't chase after it. But if you have an accident in front of the police while you're being watched, they'll come and arrest you. Um, that's
1: kind of that's it's kind of fucked in a, in a in a in
2: and a like and really just wild the way. Notion of like, oh, you turn a corner and the meter appears on screen and you're being watched and you know you're being watched and your whole for me while playing, I was like, oh, my body tenses up. In a way that's, that's very similar to when I see real police, which is like, all right, how's right. this gonna go? Like let's let's see. Like what's this it could be a totally good encounter. I have plenty of great encounters with police, but other times sure. not so much, right? Like and so there is this notion of like just letting the player know they're being watched is really interesting. There also are whites only shops all around and restaurants all over the place. And like the second you step inside, it's like you're trespassing. Um, and the shop owner will be like, You're not allowed in here, boy. And it's like, oh Okay, you don't understand. I wow. really need to go into your bathroom to get that med kit. I really gotta go collect <laughs> that that uh, hot rod magazine that you have in your back room right now. Please leave me. And if you if you hang out for long enough, they'll just call the cops on you. Um, and like, and then what hap- what
1: happens when you have an encounter? Is it more than just uh, sort of the GTA style? Like, oh, now it's a shootout and no, it's run just, away so until the meter of course goes it's a down. Shootout, of
2: course. Like that's okay. the thing. It is still that game, right? Um, it's still the shootout, and it's still like that sort of of uh like that's still the only verb you have in this game it's like oh i I can either shoot people or putting people on this knife i have um and and, which isn't great uh you know i I would still love more the thing that i'd say is like so it's definitely a game of steps it's not a game of like oh they revolutionized this but hearing them talk openly about blackness and about race in general and about identity in general in in ways that are actually lifted from real life and not through the filter of dwarves or cyborgs is really refreshing. Um, I don't, I'm not dissing those things necessarily. I'm not saying like, don't ever do that again at all. I think that those are really interesting ways to deal with topics that, that are on the periphery or that are on the, the, you know, forthcoming issues. I think that they, they have historically been, um, uh, not, not necessarily. I don't want to say like acceptable stand-ins for this, but like useful for breaching these topics with audiences that are broader. And maybe that speaks to the question askers uh, to the to the question to, that the commenter asked is like, oh, sometimes we need we need um, analogies or we need soft representation in order to reach an even broader audience. But having right. them specifically deal with this one thing is really great. I, I don't want to give too much away here because I actually don't know how it, how it wraps up. But there's a B plot in which a uh, a World War II vet, a white World War II vet um kills two black korean war vets who came to his house to ask for help because their car broke down which is like a very clear reference to things that are ha- have happened historically like in recent memory um right. and it becomes it quickly becomes his defense. All this plays out over radio interviews and news updates, where they're like they're updating the case and like talking about what's happening in the case. And there's interviews with his lawyers, there's interviews with civil rights leaders about this specific case. And his lawyer constructs the defense that because there is this guy, this black dude running around New Bordeaux killing people all the time, which you're doing, the <laughs> the guy who killed them was afraid for his life. That your specific Ooh. actions created helped create the environment of vi- and of course there's also given voice to the people in the community who are like yeah of course we're running around like do you see what the conditions are right now like we've tried civil pro we've tried nonviolent violent protests like there there's there's not uh, the answer isn't like it isn't just saying like hey don't be violent it is very much like hey this is a, a boy we've hit a boiling point and there's conversation around that thing and like having that play across the radio stuff is really cool it's using the radio um as a way to deliver that uh something more than just comedy bits or the traditional story stuff um that you normally get in most games like normally most games have this sort of open world radio reactive thing it's just like oh you robbed the bank and so the next time you turn on the radio you hear there was a bank robbery for this right. to be a, like, a a vector for really good storytelling is fantastic and really cool. Um, so I, I think I'm going to walk away from this. I don't know. We'll see. There's still a lot of this game left. Um, I really like the documentary stuff. I can't. I wish I had more time because I want to just keep talking about Mafia 3. But I'll, I'll probably check back in on it on Friday.
1: That sounds good. Uh, it's, I think it's fascinating to watch. I think what's particularly interesting about this game and what you mentioned about the sort of police mechanic is you know, when we talk about sort of diversity and trying to you know represent larger groups and larger life experiences, finding ways to do that mechanically is also something that big AAA video games that have tons of money and time yes. and resources are much more uniquely suited to experiment with that we cannot get through sort of smaller independent productions that have to do it far more through the story. Yes. Um, and so it's really cool that you know however that pans out maybe it gets tiresome over the rest of the course of the game but that the fact that they tried and are looking for ways to represent that mechanically which is what games are so good at and unique with uh is I think a really fascinating step in the right I mean direction.
2: there's other stuff that I again like I wish I had, like police response literally is different in different neighborhoods like the police, people will call the police and the response over the phone will be like the police uh dispatcher being like yeah there's a report of a of a guy with a gun uh you can go check it out if you need to, if you if you feel like it to like the cops over the radio and then they don't they don't come in certain neighborhoods because they're poorer or blacker and that's like wow you really did that like you really made it so that if there's a shootout downtown police response is quick and if there's a shootout on the periphery where poor black and brown people live there isn't a response and that's like Mm. man okay you you went for it like i have it hasn't it's still washing over me i don't know where i stand yet but i'm gonna let it keep washing (laughs) over me i'm gonna keep trying to put time into it and, and i'll come back on friday and talk about it unfortunately that means that we're out of time though for now Patrick, I'm. I'm. I wish we could. I don't know why I got real dour, but it feels like if I'm just. I miss you. I want to talk to you more often.
1: Well, it's, it's, well, it's a good thing we got a Friday podcast. It won't be. Don't worry. Friday. The, the week seems to vanish very quickly for us lately. So, and, <laughs> Friday. will be here I, soon I, enough.
2: i to saying it's going to be a big week for us this week. Not the. That's not true. The biggest week. The biggest week is still to come, but a big one. Exactly. Exactly. So stay tuned. Stay tuned. Thanks, as always, to Boen for uh, letting us use his track "Miss You" off of the EP "Pale Machine." You can find him on Twitter at Bowen Yeah B O E N Y E A H, H is important there, or at Bo E N dot info. Patrick, where can people find you on the internet? You
1: can find me at Patrick Klupik, uh Around pretty much everywhere. Too many places actually if I'm being completely honest uh, and also what I, I completely forgot the email address that people should send the questions to gaming at gamingadvice.com gamingadvice.com with the, uh, the header questions exactly um, so that we don't destroy Austin's inbox
2: thank you uh, you can find me at Austin underscore Walker on Twitter and I think I'm gonna I think I'm gonna set up a fan page on Facebook some people who were like okay what's your where's your fan page at and I was like I don't it's not a thing I have I Like, <laughs> oh, you gotta have one. so I guess I'm gonna set up a fan page for Austin Walker on Facebook today if you if you like doing those likes, I, yeah, please. Here's a place for you to like. And hey, you know what? Like, thanks to the people who've reviewed the show on iTunes. If you haven't done that yet, I'd really yes. appreciate it. We're doing we're doing really well in the iTunes ratings. I really appreciate that. Same thing Google Play, Stitcher, wherever you wherever you listen to us. Like, go and hit the like button. I'd really appreciate it. Uh, like, comment, subscribe, me Mondays, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. Thanks for listening. Uh, am I forgetting anything? Oh, you read all our stuff. Vice.com/slash/gaming. Do that. Slightly important. Really important. All right, y'all. Talk to you on Friday. Peace.
1: Hi.